So yeah, no. Well, you look the type for nineties rave. I mean, you, I don't know. You'd, uh, you'd been you'd have been a young attendee. I would have thought. Yeah, I I just missed the the sort of nineties rave because I was I was about fifteen, sixteen when my mates or people I knew were going to like full on raves. Obviously, you need to yeah. have fake fake ID at that time, and I I was about a year out because. I didn't really hit puberty till I was about 17. So I was just, I wasn't going anywhere. You know what I mean? At 15, uh-huh. I'd have to sneak, I'd have to sneak in through the back door. But um, I was into the music though. And have you, have you taken that from Brandmaster Flash then? Is that why you think I'm um, into rave? Uh, yeah, I would say there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's elements of that that I would have picked up on for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is but good. I think because... you just, I think you just look the time. <laughs> yeah, but which is really good because that's actually the brand image that I'm going for. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, lo- I, I do. I just love that era of artwork, um, graphic design, styling, yeah. um, obviously music I've got as well. Loads, I kept loads of flyers from when I used to go out. I've got them in a scrapbook. Oh, so I don't. thought I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep these. And like in my mind at the time, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to like show my kids and my kids are going to think like, it's really cool. Like what I did. Uh, Obviously now I've got kids and they're like, you know, 10 and 12. They're like, this is so cringy. Or like, they'll say stuff like on telly, like, why is it square? Why is Mm. the television program square? Or what's with the graphics? (laughs) You know, obviously so not so not cool. But I kept I kept flyers and they're really good um thinking about it, they're actually quite a good design book um Mm. to to look at. I first I first went to Ibiza in nineteen ninety-five. So like that's the age like two of my team were born in nineteen ninety-five. Fuck's sake. So you, you're more, I say, take it you're more house music than say jungle or drum and bass or hardcore or techno. Yeah, 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 really. I was uh, house, um, I started off like, you know, fairly, fairly safe house and garage, um, as it was then called. Uh, my, my, my best, but my favourite part was like, I was really into progressive house for a long time, Sasha, John Digree, Renaissance. I've been to loads of gigs where uh, Tim was, but I didn't know him then. <laughs> right, okay. Which is mad. Because um, Tim used to um, PR for Renaissance. Yeah, he used to be, yeah, used to be um, not flyering, but, you know, be outside the clubs and getting people yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so, uh, so that's, quite, that's quite funny. Um, I was quite into, like, my, my breaks. Um used to like breakbeat and stuff like that it was good uh and you know i mean I've, I've been i've been to enough nights that i've been to hardcore nights i've been to jungle nights like i remember going to a to a jungle night and just going this is way too much for me way mm. too much um but then about two hours later you had to top off at the front it's going <laughs> mental <laughs> <laughs> yeah no fun to friend yeah <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, I spoke to Tim once about uh, nightclub promotion, and um, I said, like that, like nightclub promotion is like the hard knocks school of marketing. You know, it's like boot camp for marketing because if you think about it, you know, you're you're doing promotion, you do uh, the design work, you're out, you know, pressing flesh, giving out flyers, trying to get people into clubs, you know, 
market research. It's, it's, you know, you learn so much about marketing, promotion, communications, doing nightclubs. That's how I started. I actually started designing flyers for clubs. Um, that's how I got into it. And, and you know, it's, it's funny that you say that you used to collect flyers. That's how I got into design was by collecting right. flyers. So things like Helter Skelter, Dreamscape, Fusion, I was obsessed with those flyers. I had in, in my bedroom at one point, there wasn't, you couldn't see any bit of wall space. Not only did I have them all around the walls, over the cupboards, any bit of space, I had them mm. on the ceiling as well. Wow. Um, but they were collectible. They were collectible. Really collectible like yeah. every, every month, if you went to like a monthly night, which is the nights I went to tended to be, tended to be monthly rather than weekly or fortnightly, you know, you'd have a specific flyer for that night. So each flower would look different. And at one point I had my own night and we would have, you know, different, there would be different color, different style, different thing for each event. Cause like each event was unique with unique, a unique lineup and different DJs and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's a big part of it actually design because you, you know, yeah. you're, comp- you're competing with people's attention. And if you've got a cool design or iconic design and, you know, think about it, some of the designs I think are a little bit shit, but like progress in Derby, even though it was quite basic, you'd still could look at it and go, that's progress. Yeah. Yeah. And do, do you know, um, actually funny enough, um, I've got the, the David Abaddon Beatles um, posters in front of me here. You can't see them. But the, um, the George Harrison one, where, you know, he's got his hand up, it's like an orange and green one. That used to be the main um, artwork for a, night, for, a night, um, for a club night called Desire. I don't know if you remember. If you Google it, but Desire, um, mm. night, uh, rave, uh, it's him. And I, that, that image was used then. Um, and, yeah, so there, there was, used to be an illustrator as well called Junior Tomlin. And I think he was the person that inspired me to go into graphics and illustration. I just used to love, he used to do the, the fusion, I think the Helter Skelter flyers. But that, that's, that's how I got And then obviously when I got older and I could then was old enough to go clubbing, I then started playing music. I was in a band, I was a DJ and got into that world. And I know the guys that I used to make music with were also illustrators and designers. And that's whilst we were at university. And that's, and that's how I literally got into the industry from, from a design point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, yeah, I am really into my, ra- well, I say I'm into my rave now. I don't really rave at all, <laughs> especially not at the moment. Um, but I've, I've made a little kind of few notes about things to talk about. I suppose the first thing, obviously we'll just have a nice chat, but the, the kind of first thing I put in there was just to kind of check it in with you and just seeing what's going on in the, in the Ince household and, you know, how's the last, I'm going to say three weeks, it's probably longer than three weeks now, but three weeks of lockdown, I suppose, what's, what's happening? What have you, have you gone well, mental? I like to think that I've got quite good foresight, if I'm being honest, and I could see quite early where this was going. Like, before people started to panic buy stuff, I had food in. And um, I also have face masks because I bought them before it, before, <laughs> before everyone ran out and I've given them away now. But um, I, just, I just could see that something was going to happen. Uh, so, so actually, we stopped, in terms of work, we stopped working in the office uh, 
four, five weeks ago because it got to a point where I ended up just asking all of my team, like I just said, right, we're going to go around the room and we're going to say, you're going to say whether or not you still want to come in. Because I could see that like some people were getting a little bit like, because mm, of where we are, there's a lot of footfall. Mm. You know, people are coming, you know, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as, uh, there was a report of a Loughborough student being, uh, uh, having contracted coronavirus. We knew that he's bound to have been in Bonbon because that's where all the students go. Yeah. So, um, so it just got to a point, I think, where I could tell people were feeling a little bit nervous and we said, what should we do? And, and everyone was like, yeah, I want to work from home. So I was like, oh, it's fine, we can, we can do that. And then obviously, you know, people were sort of forced to, to work from home. So we, we sort of got a, a week and a half um head start on on that um but and everyone do you know what everyone's fine with working from home i i it, it's it's different and it's not what i want and uh as soon as we're allowed to safely i shall make a point of going back to the office because the whole point of us being in that room and spending the money on that room is that we can be together and, and do that collaborative thing, which I just, I think as, as great as things like zoom and teams and all that stuff is, I think when you're trying to create stuff, I think it is helpful to be together. Mm. Uh, plus I like to be together. Um, from a, from a family point of view, family's family's fine. Uh, me and my, my ex-wife, we, treat ourselves as one household yeah so again we took that decision quite early and we're like right okay well we'll treat we'll treat two houses as one household that means the kids can go backwards and forwards which they're allowed to anyway um but we were like right okay we're just not seeing our parents both of our parents are, uh, are reasonably good at doing what they're told <laughs> you know mm -hmm. they're not like some of these people that have just gone oh well, I, it's not real it's just a flu i'll just go and do what i want they took it quite quite seriously so so we're like right okay so we're sort of cocooned in our in our social bubble the only risk is going out into the the wider world so it's not it's not been it's not been too bad i, I think homeschooling is just a nightmare and doesn't work yeah. mm -hmm. um under under any circumstances i just i just don't think that you can I don't think that any child, sorry, this is me going off on one a bit now. No, no, think, go for it. I don't think that any child realistically can, can swap their mindset from being at home to being at school without there being a physical movement. Mm. They all behave really well at school right every parent's evening you get told they're really well behaved they all get on really well academically you know one of them seems to be a maths genius for some reason that i've got no well, i don't know where he's got it from um but you know but when they're at home and you ask them to do schoolwork, it's just it's just a non a non -starter. and of course the thing is as well that i'm not a teacher i've got no training i'm like i'm all about the andragogy not the pedagogy mm. Right. I, I, I can talk to, I can talk and teach adults. Sorry, I'm itching. I can talk and teach adults, but I, 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 I struggle really with the teaching of kids. So what that means is I've basically given up work on a Friday yeah. because I can't do both. So, so it's a weird time. It won't last forever. So Fridays go and I'll just spend the time with the kids on Friday.
and 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 at least try and help them. Are you are you given like a syllabus from the school of things sort of recommended learning or things that they should be doing? Oh, it's like it's like school, but without teachers. So right. they get it's all gone online. They get um, they get like each week they get the lesson plan, and they get all of their tasks for the week, and they have to do a comb. Well, they have to do each task. So for the eldest, who's twelve, he's he's like you know he's at high school, so it's like geography, history, French. Da, 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 da. So that's that's kind of easy. Here's the task, and it's either a PowerPoint presentation which he learns from, or it's like research on on the internet and then the interactive stuff is all like interactive learning and you know mm. it's even like trigonometry and stuff like that which i don't know how to use um so that's that's really structured the primary stuff is a bit more flexible kind of like draw a picture of your friends or mm. you know think about the dinosaurs <laughs> so it's slightly easier going uh to to be honest the, the key thing is i can't answer questions for a high school child I, I don't know anything about bloody geology anymore i don't know what the difference is between one type of cloud and another type of cloud is you know you learn, you, learn <laughs> yeah. you learn it for, for your gcse and then it's like locked away yeah i didn't really do well at school anyway so trying to revisit that now would be it's just impossible for me it's it's tough but to be fair um we took the view that it doesn't matter. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, mm. I think, I think if the kids were struggling academically, I think we would probably take it a bit more seriously. But they're all doing fairly well, so I know that they would be able to catch up if they needed to. Mm. And it's not worth the argument and the 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 hassle. So. Um... <clears throat> This, this year, obviously, depending on what happens, how it pans out over the next few weeks and months, will would I take it they won't return to school this academic year? I Is can't what, see it. No. I can't see it. They're, they're not, they've not said that because, of course, I guess the government doesn't want people to think that school is, isn't going to continue because the people panic about that. They're obviously being really cautious about what they say when they say it. But I think... I think it's fairly reasonable to assume that they won't be going back before September. If they do go back, they might go back for like a reorientation type of situation. I think because the, you know, if the, it's it's the final term, the final term, the summer term is always really short anyway. It's only like a few weeks before it'll be half term, and then yeah, you know what I mean, and then and then and then summer. Um, they won't. They won't. They won't go, right, okay, well, they'll have to go to school during the summer holidays. They won't do that because the unions won't allow them to do that. Um, so, so, yeah, so I think, I think this year is a bit of a write-off. They'll learn what they learn, and they'll learn something. They're learning stuff all the time. I, I, my little girl, she, she turned three on Tuesday, and even though she's not at nursery doing the normal play and activities um so she's probably um missing a few things there but in terms of a socially and a personality and the way that we're interacting with her now she's developed so much in the last few weeks you know in terms of her sense of humor in terms of, of everything well in terms of the way that she's behaving everything so even though they may be losing certain things at school uh, in regards to 
your kids there'll be so many other things that they're developing in this time of this strange time of being yeah how to watch watch youtube how to do better better searches on youtube how to how to win at minecraft or whatever yeah no I, i agree actually i think um there's there's kind of i guess a framework of of school which which i do think is helpful for structure and 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 things like like that um but i think this i I guess i guess the thing with school is that it's that it's a leveler isn't it to a certain extent you know kids that don't have great opportunities have the opportunity at school in a different setting in a safe setting with people who are going to spend time helping them educating them and 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 all that um not every child is going to have great conversation at home. Um, not every parent is going to have creative parents like you two who are going to be able to, you know, let them flourish on, on maybe that more creative side of, of, of things. So, yeah, I, I think that's, I don't know, without, without kind of sounding too, uh, what's I can't think what the word is, but, I think that, that that that's one of the big risks about what they what they're doing. Obviously, you know, it's, it, they can't just start schools again without it being safe. But of course, those kids that that were behind anyway for background reasons will mm. probably be even further behind. So they'll have to do some work there. I would, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, a- and this is going to be this is obviously a, a funny year for for them. It, you know, depending no matter what year you're in at school, it's a funny year for them. There's going to be um, a knock-on effect, you know, post this about, you know, depending on what the year, and if it's GCSEs, if it's key, I don't know if it is key stage three now, whatever, you know, what level they're at, how it's going to pan out. But the, the good thing is that they're all in the same boat. You know, they're all struggling and got the same challenges. And also I think there'll be leniency and a lot of, um, I think people will be a, a lot more, kind of forgiving if anything does go wrong in their schooling this year i think people yeah oh, yeah 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 kind of no, i would i would i would agree i do wonder what happens afterwards like whether people will have short memories so whether you know in like 10 years time and they're comparing someone's cv with somebody else's or or, or whatever they do at that point in time um and go right with you know they don't compute oh we, you know you were supposed to take your gcse's in the corona era um or, or or the year after corona era or, or whatever so it kind of depends on i i think with all of this a lot of what happens after this is over depends on what direction the government want to take whether they whether this sort of experience uh kind of humbles a government into being a bit more um altruistic in its outlook, a bit more societal in its outlook than maybe what it what it has been in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there'll be a huge clamour for it. I mean, you know, the NHS is just untouchable now. Yeah. Um, so I think it depends on what 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 views they take then. Um, but that's I suppose that's no different to any time, is it? Yeah. No, it's it's interesting how how things are going to pan out. So in, in terms of a work point of view, you know it's quite exciting in terms of what we do um and you know being in social media being in content and 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 working in those areas it's an exciting time um 
but obviously it's very very difficult because even though our our tools our platforms are the way that we work is so relevant now unfortunately for our clients um a lot of them are struggling so in terms of a work point of view how are you finding what's going on at the moment have you seen you know what opportunities you've seen and what challenges are you having at the moment um well we've lost some clients um so so see i find language always really interesting like language that people use to to explain situations so um there's a difference in interpretation of, of what i think the word pause means yeah so people talk about pausing we'll pause this we're just going to pause it now which kind of gives a a a an illusion of unpausing or, you know, it gives a suggestion of unpausing at, at some point in the future. And I know that some will not unpause because they just know that some people use it as, uh, as a, as an opportunity to go, right. Okay. Well, look, you know, we'll just take, you know, spend the money somewhere else or, or, or whatever. Um, some will genuinely be uh, a pause. I think it's interesting seeing their thought processes or, or, or some people's thought processes in, in how and why they've come to that, that decision. There's definitely, there's definitely some companies that have just panicked, mm. panicked, switch it off, you know, marketing, you know, people will say marketing is the first, the first thing to, to go. It's not, it's not always the first thing to, to go. I think it just depends on whether or not somebody sees, um, it depends on what 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 road they take in, in the fork that they're traveling down. So, you know, when when your business looks like it's going tits up or or the the revenue isn't being generated or you know or not revenue, you're not making the profit that that you want, right? You can either cut costs, which I think is a negative action and doesn't really do much for you anyway long term. Cut costs to survive. Or you take the more positive view, which is to sell your way out of it. Uh, because if you can generate more revenue, then 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 fine. So it's been quite interesting to see which side of that fork people have chosen to go down. I've def- I mean, I've had one client where this is a perfect moment for them, but they've taken a different view. Um, so, so yes, the impact, the impact of that is tough because it means that, you know, we've lost a certain amount of revenue. Um, but we've also picked up work as well. Mm. So we've picked, we've picked up a new client last week. Um, but what is quite interesting is where some of our focus has switched. Not, not I mean, for, for our business. Although we've definitely been doing some of, some of that. But I think the first thing that people wanted to do when this all sort of kicked off was communicate. We need to communicate about, about something. They don't, people don't know what to communicate about. They just need they just feel like they want to communicate about something. And it's taken quite a bit of energy to, uh, to try and convince people that maybe communicate is not necessarily the thing that you need to do. Mm. You know, like no one, no one needs. So like the classic example from, I think is the email, which everyone's received tons of saying, we're now working from home. Mm. But literally no one gives a shit. Everyone's working from home. 
Yeah. And so it's this like need to like communicate something, but they don't know what, what for. Um, so doing that more effectively, that's something that we've been able to offer. We've been able to say, well, look, we're, we are, we, you know, we know what to say and we know how to say it and when you should say it. And it isn't necessarily by social media or by this or, 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 or whatever means it, it let's, let's, let's work it out. So one of the things we've, we've been quite busy over the last few weeks because this is a very moving feast, a very fast situation. Mood changes like every day. Like last week we had a plan for if Boris Johnson died, right? You know, if he dies, what's the plan? Because if he dies, it was such a moment of national shock that if you're if you're like posting stuff about hey you know we can all get through this together or whatever, it just won't be appropriate so so mm-hmm. understanding that is is important and understanding how to react to stuff like that and, and how quickly to react to stuff is stuff that we've been able to demonstrate our value so i think the day after lockdown we contacted all of our clients and said we're pulling all posts today we just you know it's not like someone has died or anything, but we're just not posting today because actually we can see that the mood has gone like this. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, shit, lockdown. Right? What does that mean? Never, you know, no one living has ever had to do anything like that before. So, and so then we said, okay, well, actually we'll start up again on, on the Wednesday. And actually being able to react to that demonstrated to a lot of our clients the value that we could offer. Mm-hmm. So that was, really, that was really helpful. What we have seen working really well though is... Um, writing so long form blog we call it blogs or articles for publication or anything like that that's worked really well because it's more in depth yeah it's considered it's not it's not as reactionary um you can respond to what people are searching for and and address issues that people have got um and we've seen our traffic rise we've seen clients traffic rise where we've we've sort of pivoted a bit you know say well look we'll still do social media but we'll do a bit more writing than we would social media we've put more efforts into this kind of stuff where some clients aren't really selling that much the thing about writing is that it's brand building as well yeah and by by continuing to build your brand as long as long as you can keep that going when the situation ends like you know eventually it will you're at an advantage then because you are in someone's mind so you're not starting from standing still and i think we've been quite good at being able to convince people on on that so so yeah so we've put a lot more um focus in our work on on writing um and producing better content um, than just you know promoting a sale flash sale or something i don't know yeah it's almost that um i've i've keep getting pitched on linkedin and stuff and the more i got pitched the more i kind of felt um that i can't i'm not going to be that person i'm not going to sell i'm just going <clears> to <throat> just keep making content like i did before keep getting stuff out there stay visible just grab attention where i can um, but the first thing that we kind of did during lockdown was um, we just looked at our website and just thought, like, this is a good time for us to to really look at our website and craft our message um, in a different way. Um, and I think it's given us the time and the opportunity to do that. 
Um, we're lucky that we've got a, some good projects on the go anyway that started just before Christmas and just after Christmas. And we're, you know, we're in the midst of them at the moment. So I've been in a, a, in a lucky position that it's kind of in some ways just business as usual, that we're mm. still working on our clients. We're still building things Two two websites that we're building at the moment. We've just finished one. We've got two that we're building at the moment. They're desperate to launch these websites. Now they need to, they want to launch them whilst things are happening. Uh, they're two software companies. So they want their websites going. So we, it's kind of feels like our normal work is, is business as usual, but mm. in terms of that will fit, that will, finish you know within the next few months then you know what do we look like and we've been calling um well it's like seed 3.0 almost what do we look like in this and what do we look like after this but not making like brash decisions right now not saying well we're this or we're going to look like this and we're going to do that we're just kind of absorbing the information seeing what's mm. going on we're looking around same with our clients as well not just for us we do the same process for our clients and just taking each day as it comes and making not even making changes just talking about subtle changes that we can that what we can do one uh, watching what was going on i could see businesses making knee-jerk reactions i could see people changing their business models online right. day by day mm. and i just thought that's risky business there i think because you're changing your business model for what it looks like in the world globally right now today we don't even know what it's going to look like tomorrow so i no, can exactly. see a massive massive rush to for people to be training and, and creating media and, and and doing things within remote working within online training um, yeah just frantically trying to keep up with what was going and almost trying to you know follow what was going and be slightly ahead of it and I just thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick. I am going to stick to our guns in what we what what we do, what we offer, what our mission is. But I'm just going to adjust the message, and I'm going to adjust. Um, basically, what's been really, really great is our systems and processes. So we obviously, like yourself, we work remotely. We have worked remotely for years and years now. But I think for us now, we've been as productive as we've ever been um we can still create meaningful work we can still create great work from anywhere um and that's whilst juggling housework children everything so actually coming coming through this and out of this we're going to adjust the way that we work for for the foreseeable and that's mm -hmm. been quite i think that's been quite positive actually do, do you still have an office we do still have an office um but we are we are we are really thinking about whether or how and what we do with it post this whatever what we don't even know when this what this is or when it's going to end yeah and i suppose with us um without going into too much financials we are a lot of our money our wages goes on childcare. So depending on how we look in the next weeks and months financially, that will dictate what we can and can't do in terms of childcare. Oh. Um, obviously, we, we, we've got two children and out of working week, um, six days out of that working week with two children, they're in childcare combined, that is. So depending how we look financially, we'll, we'll, we'll let us know what childcare we can have. Now, yeah. the more, the less childcare that we can have in terms of our finances will mean the less need that we have for an office. 
Yeah. So that's what we've got to try and figure out now. Like, and also over the last sort of six to 12 months, no more than that, 12 to 18 months, we've been growing our team globally. So most of our animators are based in Poland. They're in Germany. Um, we've got people that we work with all over the show and that's growing and growing. And we've enjoyed that line. We've enjoyed that. And our office was basically somewhere to house our computers, have something that was kind of an inspiring environment. Cause it's a lovely, beautiful office. Mm. Um, but now we're looking at thinking, do we, you know, should we be, running this office do we actually look at a different way of working you know yeah. do we actually continue the remote working do we continue to think about work in and in in, and the way that we work run our business day to day do we think about it in a different way i think i think we are i think we're, we're talking about it now that we are actually going to change that and you know the question is do we go are we going to go back to office and work like we did before I, i'll be honest with you i don't think we are i think it's going to look very different i, I don't know I if that's the same that for you uh, well, I think a lot of that applies to a lot of businesses. I think they're clearly forcing people to work from home will open, you know, certain businesses, senior leadership up to the idea that it can be done and it can be as as productive and that they don't need to make people have a 90 minute to hour commute into the office just just for, for them. I think that's that's a huge plus. See, at the beginning of the year. I introduced total flexible working. We were sort of reasonably flexible anyway, but I wanted us to to have the flexibility. I wanted us to be a modern workplace, really, and I wanted us to have the flexibility to fit work around life rather than life around work. Um, and when I when I set up the business, I didn't set it up to kind of have this like lifestyle that that I have. That's just a byproduct of it mm. um but it's the part that i appreciate more than anything else because i don't i don't take a lot out of the business so it's not like i'm driving around in a flash tesla or anything like that just to to prove that i've got big balls or whatever you know it, it's it's i just don't do that so no. but um and i never set out to have this flexible lifestyle but it's the bit that i enjoy so i don't feel that i can do that if i don't let others um and yeah, so we, we, it's all, we do it all on trust anyway. Um, and people work when they, when they want and that works well. Um, I think, I think what this might do for me is I suspect, see Fridays, I always worked from home anyway, or I said I worked from home because I would always do the school run and you know, I'm not doing the school run and then coming into Loughborough and then like coming back from about three hours later to try and do the school run. Um, but sometimes I would come in um, and I would always work, even if it would work from home. But I'm kind of minded to, because, because now Fridays is just totally off limits. I just don't do any work on a Friday, not even like try and catch up. Um, like normally on a Friday, I would go and have meetings on a Friday. Yeah. I could do a lunch meeting with someone on a Friday because it's Friday, so why not? And um, it, the timing works, works well. But I suspect after this, I won't even do that. Like, like I will do four days because yeah. I, you know, I can be as productive and, and, you know, it's the whole Parkinson's law thing, isn't it? You know, you fill the time that you've got. So if I haven't got the time, then I'll, I won't be able to fill it any more than, than I can. So yeah. I think, I think that's, that would be the biggest impact for, for me. I suppose what I'm worried about is, 
uh, whether people who were in the office have enjoyed working from home and don't want to come into the office. Right. Because I do want, I do want there to be an office. Yeah. So, but you know, I can't, I can't have my cake and eat it. I've, I've either got to say flexible working or, or not and hope that we've got the culture that makes people want to come into the office. Plus I've just spent a fortune building a podcast studio uh, mm. in that room, which I can't actually use at the moment. So I'm going to get as much use of that as I can. Yeah. I think, I think my, including myself, I, I, I think most people enjoy being in a communal office around other people. I think we're, we're social beings, aren't we? Um, I think the majority of the time people want to be around other people. And I think if you've got an office, I think people will use it. It's interesting yeah. what you're saying about work-life balance. I suppose one thing this has definitely opened up conversations in my house is about childcare. It's about the rate, you know, raising our children. It's about balancing work and so on. And, you know, we, we were, we, we for so many years we've worked around the sort of nine to five monday to friday thing and i think for most people now it's just gone the monday to friday thing it's yeah. just saturdays and monday and a 9 p.m is the same as a 7 a.m and like we, what we're doing here is we're doing shift work so um myself or natalie will you know if one of us is doing the morning with the children the other is working and we flip it around and, and then there's flexibility in the day and then in the evening we'll we'll talk we'll do some business planning or we'll write you know emails or i'm doing video work podcasts that kind of stuff it literally is like a 12 to 14 hour day in shifts in little bits mm. but mm. It, it mixed in that day though this like beautiful moments where we do go in the garden or we, we do go for a walk because we live in the countryside where it's lucky, you know, we can, we can go to the countryside and, and then if we want to do just have lunch together, we do these things and we just, and we kind of talked about it and thought, you know, why, why stop doing this? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. when we come out the other end of this, like let's continue to do this. I suppose the only thing that we were, were desperate for, and we love spending the time with our children, but it's hard to get any headspace or hard to really dive into your work when obviously this is my office at the moment and you can see you know it's 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 everything it's a lounge it's a crash it's a it's an yeah, office yeah. Yeah. Uh, and obviously we need to break away and have our workspace and work time i suppose to to your original question like what does that workspace and time look like now you know is it nine to five is it in an office and i love my office but i i just got a feeling now even when lockdown ends i just got a feeling my office is going to be empty it's going to be empty for a long time because i don't know how the the phase back in is going to happen and our childcare, some of our childcare is uh, done by natalie's mum and dad you know when when's it going to be safe to be taking kids to nursery then they go to the grandparents i don't think it's just going to be yeah. like Oh yeah, Boris just said today that it's all good now. We can all go back yeah, to nursery. It won't be like that. I, no, I think we're in phased. this long. Yeah, totally. I, I think, and they just they just don't know enough about it. They don't even know whether you're really immune after you've had it, or if no. you are for how long. Whether it will come back in winter, like other viruses, or whether it will just be constant. Whether it will mutate, they just don't. They just don't know. So no. the, the, thing, the thing is, I suppose, which I find is quite, in a way, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of bleak, but it's, but it's almost bleak in an interesting way. There's, you, can't pro, you can't project into the future. You can't really project. It is a bit hand-to-mouth, day-by-day, 
let's just see where where we are and and you know you've got to have that flexibility of mindset in order to be able to to adapt because you can't get used to to one way of, mm. of 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 working and i think if people think that suddenly we're going to be able to do something they're going to they're going to be in a really odd place like the whole change curve thing this is this is such a classic example of like the whole change curve thing like where are you on this change curve because there are some people that are still in denial denial about what the virus is or denial about what it can do you know we've all seen pictures of people you know 600 600 illegal gatherings in manchester a couple of weekends mm. ago or something like that it's one behind you like that's what it looks like yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so but you know the there's people are at different places in in this mm. and i think i'm I, i'm i'm definitely in the i can't remember what the actual part is but i'm past acceptance i've gone through denial and past acceptance uh I, you know I'm, I'm thinking about where what it looks like where it needs to be i think about things like well you know if it is september when the kids go back fine if then if it's not safe to go back in september or they go back in september and they can only do certain things you know is that okay will they if you know if they develop um like a better online sort of version of school than the mm. hodgepodge that they've put together you know well that, that'll be okay won't it and um you know if 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 the you know if business uh is so uncertain that people eventually that were kind of happy to wait say well we just don't know and we're gonna have to cancel the the business will look like something else and i'll just roll with it and um the, the um the actual day-to-day -day working of business in terms of remote working obviously and i know you're simplistic you know you can work remotely you know that that whole thing for me personally is is never been an issue i suppose for where i'm looking at the moment is what what does the market look like what does you know for my so one of my clients um they do bespoke luxury holidays to africa and their main market their main customer for that is of over the age of 65 so bespoke holidays to africa they do other holidays around the world you know for them and we're sort of talking to them and working very close with them it's very, very hard to plan what that's going to look like. We know yeah. that the the travel bans and Africa have closed their doors. They've not really had in certain places much of the virus yet, and they don't want it either. They don't have the healthcare service that, like we do. Mm. Um, we've got another client in recruitment. Obviously, no one's employing at the moment. There's like short-term vacancies and short-term, you know, um, contracts and stuff. That that's kind of still happening, but that's being put on hold. Um, and that's the kind of annoying thing, really. Like in, in terms of what we do and what we offer, you know, we offer uh, website builds, animated content, you know, digital marketing. It's prime time. It's just that my clients aren't in a position to spend money at the moment because they're still waiting to see how this is going to pan out. And I suppose it's that kind of we're in this period of of just waiting almost and, and but you know, should we be reacting or should we be waiting and i think everyone's torn i think in between that i think mm -hmm. some days you're reactive and you want to move forward and then some days you're like whoa 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 let's hang on a little bit here. let's just let's see how it pans out i think there's a lot of people sort of feeling like that i think yeah i think the again i was reading something else the other day about um 
you know how how I don't know if you've you've come across this at all, but certainly I've seen a lot in things that I've read or followed or circles. I mean, this whole concept of you know prior to coronavirus niche find your niche double down on your niche right if if we're uh, digital marketing for um for african um luxury holidays right great we're the best people in the industry if you're if you're a holiday company that markets to over 65s who want to go to africa you know there's no other marketing company like it we are literally the best because we have all the domain knowledge and there's this mantra about niching and finding your niche and being the expert for, for years. Well, that's all gone to shit, really, because if you've niched into an area that's closed overnight, hospitality, retail, fitness to a certain extent, you know, um, holidays, travel, then, then that's a catastrophe. Mm. So I think it's a lesson in... Uh, breadth and 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 the power of breadth and i'm thankful that we didn't niche i mean we've got a little bit of a niche in the tech sector but you know hey everyone's working and needs tech so that's kind mm. of kind of lucky um but i think i think that's that's a, a key lesson is that you know a don't put all your eggs in one basket that's always been the case uh, you know in every recession that i've lived through uh and also not to necessarily well, also to to think and make your own decisions and to to not just do what you hear people say on the internet about find your niche and have your niche because it, it can be a disaster mm. so i think that's that's been quite an interesting one you know just to just to see that but i think i'm not someone i mean i'm not look i i actually quite like a pivot like someone said to me once I should have a membership and I said there's no way that I want a membership because I know that memberships are all about customer loyalty being there showing up being consistent the long game and I just have too many shiny objects to to look at so that that's definitely not not for me so i'm kind of more of a person that will kind of not not go oh there's an opportunity because like i hate the word entrepreneur because i think it's far too overused i don't know how you describe yourself i'm I'm a business owner right Mm. i own a business now could somebody define me as an entrepreneur well you could say oh okay well marketed life's quite an entrepreneurial thing because you know it's a bit risky let's face it um and you know i, I do have ideas i quite think oh yeah that's actually there's an opportunity there for I don't know, email crisis management or something like that let's 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 put something together for for that but i don't i don't i don't like the word entrepreneur mainly because preneurs just put on everything like mumpreneur and mm. you know, what's oh what did i see today i saw something that made me want to be sick but it was, it was something preneur anyway it's probably like yogapreneur or something like that. But I think um, you're, you're, I think you're definitely good at seeing business opportunities, but you're also, you stick to what you know and what you enjoy, which keeps you on a track. I think people that are entrepreneurial 
tend to sort of jump into things and start multiple things and try and yeah. make money out of multiple things uh, and have a, trying to have a, port, a, a portfolio of businesses. Where I know with, with what you've done, I know you've been good because obviously you've passed work my way that go, I don't do that. I could take it on, but I don't do that. Johnny can do that. I do this and I want to do it really, really well, which means I think that you're, you're very enterprising and obviously you're a business owner, but yeah, I think entrepreneurial would, um, would mean that you. I'm too risk averse to be entrepreneurial. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of risk. I'm actually, I'm actually more of a risk taker than I thought I would ever be. Like I'm much, um, the thing that I've learned about having a business for five years is, is, is to go with the decision and to, go all in on the decision and to commit to the decision. Yeah. Not to the point where it necessarily fails. I think you've got to be able to go, okay, shit, hang on. That's not, that's not the right thing to do, but I'm a lot faster in making a decision now than I was five years ago. I would totally, I'm an R and I'm not sure. And what do you think? And let's just have a look at the, this. And, and now I think I'm much better at going, well, my experience says this and my instinct says this, and I think this is the right thing to do. So let's, let's, let's give it a go. I'm much, I'm much better at that. And I think uh, one thing that I've noticed actually in the last few weeks is, you know, I do a lot of nosing around, I call it observation, but you know, I see other people either, not necessarily competitors, but people that are in the same industry and have their own businesses, you know, how are they responding to some of this? I think, I'm grateful that I've got a certain amount of experience because I think it's been helpful in going, okay, I think we'll be all right on this. We need to do this now, or this is going to, this is what's going to happen if this happens, you know, and I feel better for having some kind of plan. Mm. You know, I've got a plan if we lose a, a half our clients or two thirds of our clients, you know, there is, there is a plan that means that I can still put food on the table um and i think that has genuinely helped me respond to clients better as well whereas yeah. i think those companies that that are are new or newer that maybe don't have the experience i can see have struggled to find the right tone or to find what's the right thing to say what's the right thing to do you know some people have panicked some people have like like you said just like gone all in on the let's try and adapt really quickly and and let's work on the the thing that it is now without being able to think about what's their what's at their core um and what's still gonna it's like it's like the human body and your vital organs you know your fingers go numb to protect your heart and your your lungs and your brain right yeah. that's just like a business i think well, that was actually the last thing I was going to talk to you about was planning. Um, I've been listening to podcasts and stuff, and there's one particular podcast that was talking about 90-day planning. Obviously, the the, the lockdown you know, is provisionally saying 12 weeks, so 90 days. So how, how are you planning, and is it how are you phasing the planning out, and how, what does that look like? Well, it comes back down to this, this change curve thing, I think. Like I've been through the point where I've had my little panic to myself. Yeah. What, what does it mean? You know, because as we've touched on, if a client panics and stops working with you and a few of them do that, they're all going to do that around about the same time because there was definitely a panic period. 
you know, that, that the impact of that is, is to send me into a panic because I'm like, well, if I feel like I'm hemorrhaging clients at, at, at this rate and that continues and this is a, then this is a disaster. Well, that hasn't happened. So I've gone through that sort of panic, panic phase. Um, my, my, my planning is really, I've, I've just, I, I just, I spent a bit of time. I think I spent, uh, I think it's about a day actually. And I, t- I actually told the team, I'm, 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 I'm going to ha- basically have like an emergency planning day, if you will. Just, I'm not contactable. I need to be in a space and go somewhere and kind of work it out. Um, so that's what, that's what I did. I, refer, I revised uh, numbers. Uh, our financial year is April to March. So I'd literally just written a financial year plan, you yeah. know, for my like phenomenal growth that we're, that we're going to achieve um, and how big the team's going to be. And of course, like overnight, so it's a bit irrelevant really. Um, so I sort of rewrote some of that, but only some of it. And I was like, well, I'm going to do a quarter. I'm only going to plan for a quarter. I feel much better for having put the energy and time into, into that because now it's on paper. And so that's what I can go and refer back to. In fact, someone actually said to me once when I, when I was first starting the business, they were like, um, I I had like a business coach provided from the university to begin with. And they said, um, they got me to write a letter to myself of like, what happens if it goes really tits up, right? And just to put it away and file it and don't look at it until you need it. Did you, have you got that letter out? I've never, well, I can't even remember where it is, but <laughs> I, I never, I did, I did write it, but I never looked at it. Um, but 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 yeah, I, I think once it's once it's down when something's down on paper, this yeah, is for me yeah. anyway. When something's down on paper, I feel like okay, I've done that, I've thought about that, so I don't need to panic because it's 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 planned for. Mm. And then I, then I then I can adapt. I can adapt things. And then to be to be fair, like I'm much better at saying um, to like you know the 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 team. Like so, one of my teams, her her dad has. Um, been in the hospital with coronavirus on a ventilator all of that kind of stuff he's better now um so so you know there's that to deal with you know uh jp who's got young kids um he's like oh i just i'm just i might not be around at this point i'm like i really don't give a shit just you know you just do what you need to do at this point we don't know what's going to happen life's too important Everyone can just do what they want to do. Um, we've got a plan. We know what's going to happen. And um, there are some, you know, I don't share everything with, with the team because the stuff's not always appropriate, but everyone knows that the, this is what we need to do in order to make sure that we're all in the job at the end of it. Mm. Um, and everyone's bought into that and that's that's great because it then takes pressure off me Mm. um because everyone's buying into it yeah nice yeah i did the same thing here me and natalie we in week one we rang all our team and said this is where we're at this is what we're gonna have to do this is how we're gonna get through this you know a bit of a pep talk you know get everyone sort of geared up and 
and literally day by day we're speaking to the team we've got whatsapp groups you know we've got slack groups um and just getting everyone through it and just you know and told everything how it was going to get paid and how the money was going to move, move around and be totally transparent about that mm. uh, and same with all the clients you know natalie literally rings and talks to the clients emails kind of every single day about what's going on how it's going to work how the jobs are happening where, where it's moving we offer loads of advice and suggestions and ideas and just try and play a much bigger role in terms of idea generation in terms of mm. our clients and and talk about things that we could do and and almost just to say look we're still here we're here to help um just try and just develop those relationships and communicate at, at such a high level at the moment do you know i think that's really that's really good because uh one thing i've noticed from the clients that we're still working with um a lot of them have been very very collaborative like we're we're talking about i mean this is this is when i get to talk to them i suppose because it's my relationship with a lot of them but um you know i'm talking to them about how their business is doing and what are they struggling with and what are they finding and compare you know we're comparing notes you know what when do you have to furlough people when do you have to you know and and all of this kind of thing which has been like really helpful and i, I do think that um the clients that that we keep at the end of this will be ones that we'll keep for a long time yeah because i think we'll actually have a deeper relationship at, at the end of it i mean with mm. with several of them we're all like passing information to each other about how you get this grant or how you get that get that grant and you know do you um do you qualify for this or uh, what's the wording that you put to your landlord to say you're not paying the rent and can they evict you or can they not do you know what I mean it's like mm. suddenly there's like almost an extra community of business owners that I feel like I'm able to tap into yeah. in addition to the ones that that I know already um, and I mean I think in general I think people will remember a lot about this whole episode and they'll remember businesses that got it right and businesses that got it wrong like i i, yeah. I, I, I i'm not saying that like uh, sports direct or weather spoons are going to go bust because i think people will have certain short memories when the the track suits and the beer is cheap but i think there will be a certain um that they certain companies will struggle but I think people remember about Weatherspoons because they'll, you know, their their attitude about making people go into work and not looking after their staff when they feel unsafe. Waterstones, Waterstones, really surprising. Waterstones, like forcing people to go and you know and and work just because they want to sell books. I think people remember things like that. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, think about your mantra of be useful, be kind, you know, I think it's really appropriate for, for these times because that's what people will remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a different way of, of, um, treating people and, and I'm, I'm actually writing a little bit now about mindful business, obviously being mindful and being a, a nice person and, and, and doing business. There was obviously a, a lot of overlap. But now more so than ever, you know, in terms of the way that we treat people, we treat our employees, um, you know, how we treat our yeah. peers, our mentors, yeah. how we treat our customers and, and vice versa. Like this, it, this is the great leveler now. It's a level playing ground for everyone, clients, mm -hmm. customers, staff, mm -hmm. 
you know, and now, because we're all in the same, it doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, you're the CEO or the janitor, we're all in the same boat. And it is, yeah. people are going to remember how, how people were treated and we're going to remember the businesses that, that really listened and, and worked with their staff and their customers and treated them well and vice versa. So no, I, I agree. I think, I think when we come out the other end of this, we're going to, the world's going to look very different and people mm. are going to think, and people are going to be different. I, I already feel different already, you know, with, with four weeks in. See, I see, I don't see, I don't, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether it's like a, a natural pessimism. I don't know what it, what it is. I don't, I don't, f- feel different i feel like it will be different for sure mm. but i don't i don't feel different so i i, I feel I, in a weird way i feel better than i did before the, the this virus because before this virus i i think i was worrying a lot more i think i in terms of my own business i used to looking at other people's businesses and what they were doing and when we had good months or bad months or um i had like a i was had anxiety about what i was uh, doing and yeah. who i was and i almost feel that that's kind of gone now because i feel like like i, I used to say to natalie before before this happened like i feel like i've got more to give i feel like there's something missing from my life and obviously it wasn't a pandemic that i was missing but <laughs> I, I i felt i felt like i needed to I wanted to give more. I wanted to help more. I wanted a, a more of a, a stronger purpose in what I was doing. Like making money and being a nice person wasn't enough. It wasn't. It wasn't enough for me. I needed something else. And when this went, once once all this started unraveling, it almost felt like I had a, a my. I, I had I had a message, or I had a more. I don't know. It's difficult to um, describe, but. Um, there was a feelings and anxieties that I, I had that disappeared and have disappeared during this process. Mm. Um, and it's not like I'm out there saving lives. I don't work for the NHS, but I'm, I'm trying to give more, I'm trying to be more, I'm trying to grow more as a person through this process. So um, I'm sure tomorrow I'll probably feel different. Well, I will do. It's my birthday. So I'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go figure it out. But I, I don't know. It's, it's just an unusual emotional time spiritually oh, and, yeah. and physically. It's just crazy. I think I, I've definitely been more emotional. I've, def, I've definitely been more emotional because I think, mm. I think it's hard not to be. Mm. I think it's hard not to be. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not emotional about the business. Um, because I think that I'm fairly confident that whatever happens, I have a future. Yeah. So, you know, if the business goes wrong or goes belly up, then, you know, you start again. Um, and I think because everything in the business is based on relationships, I've got the relationships there. So, um, so, so I have been emotional about that. I have been emotional about, the volume of death yeah like i can't like i can't handle i can't handle the the numbers at all and what what worries me really is kind of becoming numb to the numbers yeah i mean i'm very much not numb to the numbers but i can't that that i can't i suppose i feel a bit angry really that it's just like you know 717 people have died today in the last 24 hours. Like, I mean, you know, there's, there's no emotion. 
attached to reading out of the numbers or the numbers on the screen or, or whatever it whatever it is there's no there's no outrage that i think that, that there's no grief i think i think there's no grief and there should be yeah yeah it's 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 people's relatives that are experiencing the grief and i think there should be a lot more grief but um that's what i think is, is maybe maybe missing but uh things like like the the clapping on a thursday mm. can't handle it i can't I, like it's so it's so it's so i don't know why it's, it doesn't seem so ridiculous a thing not not to be able to handle but that that like i i only thought it was gonna be like for one week i just thought it was yeah. like a one-off thing yeah yeah and now it's like an every week thing i mean I, you know, I, I like it. I like it. I think it's nice. And I live on a road where all of the neighbors get on really well. And so there's, you know, th- this has not brought our community closer together because we're close anyway. Yeah. Um, but I do find it emotional still every week, just, just thinking about what that's about yeah. and what those people are doing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I did it. I did it the first week and we've obviously been, involved in when i haven't then i didn't go the first week i was at the front door like, ah, you know what i mean and and it was big you know what i mean and it was moving really moving and yeah, it, it was that moving that every week after that it's almost like i haven't wanted to do it the same because it that was so important um and i just think i think little things like there should be more things like that you know of doing stuff i don't know what you can do there's not much you can do with, with social isolation at the moment but um it was powerful. It is powerful. And, 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 I, and it's interesting, you, you talked about this at the beginning, you know, like how the NHS is, is almost untouchable now. It's, you know, we always knew how important it was. And we, you know, and it was during the elections and private, privatisation and, you know, things going on like in, in, within government and stuff, like it was talked about. And we all knew deep down that we needed the NHS. I think we now is just like, it's just proving it is solid like how much we need um a, a free healthcare service mm. um and you know i think coming out the other end of this i think you know i will do everything i can i will pay more tax so that people, nurses yeah. could get paid more wages I'll, you know, they need to totally, be a good wage people will totally be prepared to pay more tax if that if that is ring fenced, they'll have to you know they'd have to say it would be ring fenced, right? But people will willingly pay more tax for it because if they didn't appreciate it before, they appreciate it now. Yeah. Um, and you know, with a bit of luck, members of the government who I don't know been in hospital will uh, also feel feel the same. So I think I think I mean that that would be an interesting change in in society, like how that how that shifts and it'd be interesting to see how like what changes they make to re- so I, so <laughs> at um leicester comedy festival this year i went to two things one that uh, i went to with friends was on a thursday night and it was like a lefty political uh singer kind of guy would like sing sing songs about politics and i was like oh, that sounds pretty cool he was terrible it was absolute absolutely dismal um but because it was more of a lecture than it was a song but i did actually learn a bit about economics and how he was just basically saying do you know what at the end of the day tax is just a political decision they can literally print money 
So if you want to fund something, they can fund it. So uh, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be an interesting time how, how society changes there, whether they become more, more caring. I think people, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that people will be generally more considerate of, of other people um, because it's a collective thing that everyone's going through. Yeah. And actually what's interesting is that it's a global thing. And I do wonder whether people will finally wake up to this idea of a global society, which, you know, maybe, for example, 52% of the UK don't believe in. But, uh, you know, you've got doctors and nurses from all over the world saving people's lives in this country. But also it's a collective, it's, you know, it's globally, it's affecting the, the whole world, isn't it? In the same, yeah. in the same way. And I do wonder whether that, that as a global community that will bring us together or the opposite of that, which apparently is going to happen is that China will come out uh, as the, uh, with the upper hand because of how they controlled it and they're through it. So they've got a head start and it's the end of America, but uh, you know, we'll see. I think, I think it goes back to that thing. It's like, you know, thinking globally, acting locally. And I think, you know, there are going to be countries that are going to come out really well out of this. Some other countries are going to be brought to their knees. But yeah. what does international look like now in terms of trade, in terms of culture, in terms of everything? Like, I think for me, like, I, we, we, we had a really emotional phone call with my mum yesterday. She was upset. She was meant to be here. It was my birthday tomorrow. They were coming up. And... You know, and we've all just said, look, after this, we're going to spend more time with each other. We're going to get together. We're going to go on holiday together. We're going to do all these things. And, you know, we're, and, and all the conversations I'm having with friends and family and colleagues at the moment are so positive. And it's not, it's not about big picture stuff anymore. It's about small, local, family relationships, friendships, mm. and just kind of going back to old traditional morals and principles and, and a way of life and you know i don't know you can see i can't see it at the moment in here but you know we've gone back to washable nappies i don't know how i've gone to nappies so quick but you know cooking you know yeah milk. that's it that is an interesting one the cooking thing yeah everyone's just, gonna know how to cook yeah 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 i've been we've been cooking loads and um you know just got buying things like pulses and looking cooking with lentils and and beans or even, or even cooking with whatever you've got yeah like for, for my so for, i mean i have to say i am loving this bit because i'm 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 reasonably frugal i don't like waste right for all sorts of reasons but you know including like the global climate and all that kind of stuff but but I've never liked, never liked waste. And it's been really good to have the backup to be able to say to the kids, well, look, right, we haven't got anything else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know you don't like that. I know you don't like that particular flavor of sausage, but that's what we've got. Yeah. Right. You don't like that cheese? Mm, no cheese for you. You know, it's just, it, that's been, that's been very helpful. And I do think that that's, that's going to have a positive impact because it's very easy for kids to just go, well, I want that because it's available or I want that because it's not available or do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, whereas when you get, well, go, go and see if you can get some. Yeah. Maybe. Get any flour. <laughs> maybe next time we will, we talk, um, you'll be in the back garden with you your washboard, cleaning your pants, um, <laughs> eating tripe, maybe. <laughs> hey, I've, 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 I've sown my seeds from the vegetables. 
Yeah, I have mine right down here. You can't see them, but my, uh, my, all my little seedlings are growing as we speak. Someone, so I read somewhere about like how we are the virus. Yeah. Like on the earth, like when you look at like the, the lowering of emissions and all of the, the things like pollution levels in, in Delhi being the lowest they've ever been and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, like, you know, humans are the ones that have really caused it, you know, isn't it? For example, if humans didn't eat meat, that wet market in Wuhan wouldn't have existed. No, you're right. You know, so I think, yeah, society globally will change. I think if, no it, if we don't change, we are truly doomed, aren't we? Really? We are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good way to look at it. If it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's got, it's got to cause people to rethink. I mean, I'm already, I'm already rethinking yeah. a lot of, lot of stuff because you have the experience and you go, well, do you know what? I can make my own pizza, my own pizza bases. It's not that hard. Yeah. I can do it. So you do it. Yeah. Well, dude, let's 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 touch base again soon. Let's chat again soon. It's been good to talk to you. You've done what really you well. With all of this info, you're going to write a book, or what? You're going to come up uh, with thinking. As soon as all this happened, Mike, the first thing I thought was that I need to document this because you know, in six months and a year, I want to be able to look back and listen to this and watch these and look at the journey. And I'm trying to I'm trying to document and journal as much as I can. Like I'm trying to make one or two videos a week of some whether it was just my mobile phone or GoPro or my DSLR, whatever it is. <clears throat> I'm podcasting as well. I'm trying to mix it up. I'm still, I've still got about three months of content I'm releasing, which is mm. kind of like, it's a bit weird. Like, you know, in the peak of the stuff that's going on, I'm still putting just normal content out there because I think, you know, there is going to be the other end of this, but I'm trying to document and journal what's going on. Um, and you know make this information and put it out there and, and digest it and make it relevant for other people I'm, I'm i'm touching base now and i'm reconnecting with the universities and i'm going to be doing a lot more sort of like tutoring online for graduates and freelancers so loads of things that you've said about brand building about understanding where you are and your change curve your financial year planning your quarterly 90-day planning collaborative thinking you know good business bad business thinking about the culture in your business i've been making notes it's so relevant right now so um yeah i'll, I'll um if you're happy this will go out on the podcast and and the vlog if you're happy i think you've done really well actually because that guy's been licking your arm through the whole of this, um, this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you, you, you fit in right. You're like the, you're like some sort of rave gang leader. It's been really hard to take you seriously all the way through this. Like, well, you know, with your mates. Yeah. That's that. That's the point. The um, where's the? Hang on. The I'm looking the wrong thing. The the alternative is really quite boring because I'm I'm in one of the kids' bedrooms. Oh, that's all right. It's all right, isn't it? There's, there's this one, which is a bit more corporate. Yeah, it's very uh -huh. good. No, the rave was better. I tend to do them for like, so here's one of my clients. Oh, uh, yeah. So I've done one, you, yeah, you know, Felicia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I say clients, she's a client now. <laughs> and I say, invite someone to speak and they want to work with me. Fantastic. But um, yeah. yeah, otherwise, yeah, I'm just in, uh, oh, hang on, where is it? In the bedroom. Which is, uh, you know, when you're on like a really important call and they're like, is that a Roman shield made out of cardboard behind you? 
and go, yes, he oh, is. yeah, and a guitar, and a guitar. And there was a marble run uh, a week or so ago that was very precarious, but if I'd have knocked it over, I would have been killed. Yeah, a 10 year old, so okay, but you're keeping well there, you're you're yeah. all right, yeah, good, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I quite. I don't know. I've kind of realised that maybe I'm a, maybe I'm more of an introvert than I thought, mm. um, because I like have no intention of going outside and crossing people's path. Like two meters is fine. Yeah, I've realised that two meters is the minimum that I will accept. Yeah, you know, even without coronavirus, I don't. You know, I don't like it when people uh, get in my face. So no. Um, I've taken. I've started to do like mo- like early morning walks. Like get a one of those like hot coffee mug things that keep it yeah. warm, cup of tea and that, and just walk around the village. Yeah. Which is a bit weird because, you know, it's not really that much exercise, but <clears throat> um, yeah, it's all right. I miss, I miss a few things. I miss, I miss, I really miss going to the gym actually, even though towards the end I was like, no, this is too risky. This is too dirty. Yeah. Oh, it's, know. that's a breeding ground for it, isn't it? Yeah. So I stopped that. I stopped that quite early, but but the walking around though, like it's 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 almost surreal, isn't it? Because when you're out and about, it's so quiet. But then you start to you hear the birds singing that you don't really notice as much. Oh and then, yeah, and you, and and you see things. And do you know what? I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a spotter of bridal paths at the moment. Like I like a good bridal path. <laughs> like it's like it's an adventure, you know. You, 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 where, where does that go? Where can that lead me? You know, and start because I obviously I run most days. Every other day I'll, I'll run, and I'm look. I'm always looking for bridal paths. Where can I go and explore and stuff? And mm. yeah, I like it. It's good. You know what I mean, it's it's wicked. And I, and and I'm listening to my pod. I listen to podcasts. I listen to audio books when I'm out and about. And it always seems to be really fitting with what's happening when I'm out and about. Like the audio book will be talking about something and where I'll be. And then like this, you know, I'll see nature and it's just, yeah. What are you, what are you reading or listening to at the moment then? Cause I found myself like, I would normally read. Um, I normally do like morning reading and bedtime reading, like morning reading. I tend to do like learning stuff and bedtime reading would always be fiction. Like fiction's gone a little bit out of the window and I don't really understand why, but it has. Uh, and I found myself reading a bit more kind of like woo-woo kind of like better yourself stuff. I'm reading this book called The Surrender Experiment at the moment. Right, okay. Um, which is basically, I'm only halfway through it, but it just seems to be a story. It's like a true story, or like he says, it's a true story. I mean, it might not be, um, because there's some really weird things that go on. I'm going, really? But Basically, he's decided that he's just going to let life happen yeah. and fit in. So, if, like, for example, if, if so, in this one bit, uh, he's like really into yoga and meditation. That's all he wants to do. He doesn't want to do it, doesn't want to work. And he buys this piece of land, and this woman just moves in with him. And he's like, okay, that's what the world decided to do. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's quite an interesting idea that you that you take the situation and you go with it. Yeah. You know, and if I guess if coronavirus is doing its thing, it's doing its thing. I can't yeah. stop coronavirus. I can't cure it. I can only do what what feels right. 
and that is not going out and seeing the general public it's not going to the supermarket ever again yeah um so well I've yeah i find myself to... into that i've just started this one i um i can't really read it out can you see that is it backwards uh ikigai uh, guy. that's it yeah. so it's the japanese secret to a long and happy life so it talks about um i can't remember what the the island is in japan or the area where they've got the most amount of centurions 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 is like the yeah yeah oh the car there was a cartoon called centurions i don't know well most people are over the age of 100 and it's saying why why they reach 100 and like they they don't have a word for retire you don't retire you just continue to carry on doing what you love doing and you right. exercise every day, but you don't do hard exercise. So, mm. you know, most people have got their own garden. So you always, you know, picking, growing, and there's really great exercise in the garden because it's like short little bursts of, you know, you're on your knees one minute and you're digging and you do a bit and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the diet, um, what they eat and everything. And I just thought it was really interesting, actually. I was just into that and um, trying to stay fit and healthy. So that's good. I'm still reading the CMO periodic table um which i've been reading for ages now because i just kind of read it at one chapter at a time when i was on the bus i used to read one chapter at a time i'm just about to finish the brand gap by marty newmeyer as well and hard books reading books i just read little bits at a time i don't have a a period where i can just read um because i'm either too tired or too busy but audiobooks when i'm running in the car mm. i have so many of these periods to listen that I can get through about two audio books a month where when I've got a hard hardback book, it could take me six months to get through because I just don't have the, the reading time. And I know that's a cop out. I know it is. And at the, the best time for me to read would be at the end of the night. I'm just too tired. I'm just mm. too tired. Just can't concentrate. So audio books, I'm just plowing through them. Um, I've just finished one of the most boring audio books ever. Uh, <laughs> And it was all about disruptive innovation. And I don't hate putting things down. It wasn't the content. It was just, it felt like it was read by a robot. It's awful right. to say mm. that. Um, it's, um, it's Clayton M. Um, Clayton M. Christensen. Um, and it's, um, it's articles. It's like white papers or articles all about disruptive innovation. And the, the, the narrator it just sounded like a robot. I just couldn't get into it. But because I paid for it, I, I plowed. I just kept going <laughs> to the end. I had to finish it. Mm. Um, but I, did, I, couldn't, I didn't, couldn't give, tell you one good thing about that. It was quite heavy going as well. So, yeah, just that's, that's me at the moment. And the podcast, just listen to a lot of the same ones. Gavin Bell, listen to Gavin Bell, his podcast. Um, Robin Kennedy, listen right. to both theirs. They're great. Um, yeah, look, my, still, still just consuming stuff about brand marketing just trying to learn because really, that inspires me for my videos and my podcast and like if i if i listen to a good audiobook and then listen to lots of good podcasts at the same time within a matter of weeks i'll normally be able to sculpt another video just by things right. that i pick up mm -hmm. um so that helps but i think the the, new, the next phase of videos i'm going to make it's all going to be about mindful brands it's all going to be about internal culture it's going to be about creating a support network check-ins it's going to be about physical and being active 
um, spiritual, all these things at work. And what does, what is 21st business going to look like post COVID? And I think it's Mm going to be about mindfulness at work, flexible working, um, positive cultures, um, and yeah, completely different, uh, working, working processes and relationships. I think that's what we're going to start seeing. And I, I do, I do think as well, there'll be changes in how people effectively market as well. I mean, you only have mm. to look at like TV adverts at the moment, ones that they've cobbled together really quickly to change. And, and I think that's the right thing. That's the right thing to do. I mean, so for example, one of the things that we did for our clients was, um, we went and reviewed everyone's blog posts and just checked mm. like, is there a picture of people hugging and high-fiving and is that appropriate for the article? And, and if we, if we put something out and it sucks in the image from the website, is that the right image that you want to create? Yeah. So we actually changed some blog post images of people that were a bit too close together. Yeah. Um, just because I think stuff like that matters. People definitely look at things now and go, Oh, they're a bit close. Yeah. You know, right. Subconsciously or consciously. Um, but it's been interesting, like a lot of the adverts for things like Sainsbury's or Tesco telling you how to shop now or, or some things that are uh, just telling people to stay safe and stay at home. It's all, they actually feel very authentic and, and like, like it doesn't matter that like spe- spending five million pounds on an advert is not appropriate at the moment. No, it's, in, it's impossible to do it anyway, isn't it? It's impossible to do it. But if you'd, you know, if you'd spent, um, Oh, what was the, like, um, that, that was it. So good example is different scenario, but obviously with uh, Australian tourism and the whole big film that they made mm. uh, with Kylie Minogue and all that, cause they had to, they had to pull it because of the bushfires, but, uh, similar kind of thing. If you've like spent millions of dollars on a big advertising campaign where it's just not appropriate, it's going to completely miss, miss the mark. So I, I think the way that people will, advertise or talk about their businesses or market will change and i think we will see um several companies that do marketing suffer because they're not able to adapt to that they might get through the yeah the coronavirus uh, part but they won't be able to adapt to what the new mood is um well, at the end in terms of brand strategy obviously i've, I've, I've uh a big passion for that the core of the brand strategy that i i work with and the work i work with my clients is about your vision and your purpose they're the two main things and once you know your vision where you're going you know where you, you know what you're working towards and your purpose what do you stand for what's your why that actually then to sculpt your message so if there's brands out there that are still telling a a, a, a message that was relevant four weeks ago they're telling it now they've obviously not looked at their vision and not look at their at their purpose and i think this is the time now to look at those two things we've got this little period or i hope it's little where we've got time and energy to look at our vision and look at our purpose because mm. if we spend time on that as a collective or within within your organization then your message is going to change and that's what's quite exciting at the moment that we're just redeveloping our whole website is what's our message now what do we want to tell the world about who we are and what do we stand for and what value can we add to any brand that we work with mm. um, and that's why it's a great time to do that so if there's lots of not just marketers out there scratching their heads or if there's lots of business out there that are wondering what to do i would say 
what's your vision what's your purpose and then how do you tell how do you retell your new message that would be what i would advise companies out there to do now any type of organization but cool it's been wicked to talk i think we should let's um let's have a chat again soon in a few weeks Mm. time i'm sure we'll have a very very different conversation but um yeah say hello to the team for me i will i will i speak to them every day we have um one thing we do do is at nine o'clock every day we have half an hour of chit chat nice like we're not talking about clients we might we probably talk about bloody coronavirus because like you know that's what everyone's talking about yeah but it's 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 to try and replace the, the banter and the chit chat that, that I think we all miss. So we make, we make an effort to, to do that. So I will, I will talk to them tomorrow morning. And cool. tell them that he's all right. Nice one, dude. Well, look, take care. Stay safe. I will. Stay safe. Says, stay safe. <laughs> yeah, I will do. Uh, and yeah, we'll catch up soon, dude. Yes. Okay, mate. All right. Nice to talk to you. See you soon. All right. See you later.